Books. It's your host, Christina Kay, bringing you episode three of Write Your Best Book. In last week's episode, we talked with Derek Murphy of The Creative Indie about how you can make money by following your passion and chasing your dreams of being a successful author. And Derek gave us some amazing advice and things to consider. But everything isn't always sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies, as we all know. We don't always find success or find it as quickly or easily as we'd hoped. And it's easy to get discouraged, but it's important not to let that natural tendency to get down in the dumps fester and turn into self-doubt. Self-doubt is the biggest enemy of success. According to the Authors Guild website, writer earnings plummeted from 2009 to 2014. The full-time author writer was making an average of $17,500 a year, down from $25,000. The part-timer was making $4,500, down from $7,250 per year. With the 2018 poverty levels federally being a single person at $12,140, that just about means that anyone who writes for a living full-time is barely making minimum wage. It's saddening. Statistics like this can tend to depress even the most optimistic writers. So today we're going to talk about how not to fail as an author. Our guest host today is Derek Depker. But first, ask yourself this. What does success look like for me? Is it selling a ton of books? Is it winning awards or hitting a bestseller list? Is it retiring from your nine to five to focus solely on writing? Whatever success looks like for you, make that your goal. There's nothing wrong with dreaming big. I've always told my kids growing up to shoot for the moon and hope for the stars. It's a little cliche, But I meant that there's nothing wrong with dreaming big, but set realistic goals to get there. Let's dive in with Derek Depker and see what he has to say about all of this. Thanks for joining us today on Write Your Best Book. I really appreciate you being a part of the show today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Christina. Sure, no problem. First, start off by telling our listeners a little bit about you and how you help authors achieve their goals and follow their dreams. Sure thing. So I originally started out as a musician, a rock guitar player, and then got into publishing books back about 2011. I was really into health and fitness and published my first few books. And then in December 2012, had a number one best-selling book. And since then, I've published seven best-selling books that have sold collectively 75,000 copies. So what I do now is essentially take these processes that I figured out for how to sell books and now share it with authors through, uh, I have books, I have training courses, uh, coaching, things like that. Really just whatever someone needs, nonfiction and fiction, but primarily nonfiction, I think is where I have a little more specialty in helping authors with their book writing and marketing. Great. And I see on your homepage too, and I'm going to direct the listeners to your homepage and your website in the show notes. I see you also do consultations and coaching. That's correct. Yes. That's great. So all all the listeners can pay attention to the show notes and you'll find a link to Derek's website where you can book a consultation. Let's take me, for example, with the the publishing world. I'll be the guinea pig. (laughs) While I consider myself a pretty advanced author and even I won a national book award, got agented, et cetera, I still can't seem to find commercial success and break through that ceiling or whatever it is you have uh, that's going on that's keeping me from selling more than, say, a few hundred books. I think I even had one royalty check that was less than $5. If I came to you and I said, Derek, help me, what would be the first thing you would ask me? Well, since you have a 
book out already, you know, for an existing author, first thing I would look at is, well, let's see what your book page looks like, okay. right? So I'm going to look at uh, everything from your cover, your title, your description, so on. Because if you think about it, people don't buy books knowing whether it's a good book or not, right? You might have a, a great book, you could win awards, but at the same time, people aren't buying uh, most of the time, like they don't read through the whole book and then decide to buy it. You know, maybe sure. a few people go to the library and read a book, but most people they're going, does this strike me as a book that I'd want to read? So it's all about how it's positioned. And I'm probably not saying something new for someone who's more advanced that your cover is important, your description and so on. Uh, at the same time, there's almost always going to be something that you could tweak or refine there. So I'm going to go, is there something that is a, a conversion issue, which is when people who are your ideal readers see your book and mm -hmm. see the, the message, are they compelled to buy? Do they know mm -hmm. it's for them? Does the cover give the genre? Uh, to give an example, I had someone uh, who, she had a, a book cover and I often do like these, these group calls and I just ask the group, what genre is this in? Some people are like, mm -hmm. it looks like a ghost story or whatever. Well, it turns out it's a memoir. Right? Right. So it's like, you gotta, gotta make sure that that's right. uh, all congruent. Uh, then the second part is I go, okay, if that's all in place, then what are you doing to get your ideal readers onto the, the book page? So we dive into your current marketing, you know, what's working, what might be missing, what could be uh, tweaked. And that's really the, the two things of sales. It's, it's traffic and conversions. So is it converting? And then let's make sure, let's look at how to get traffic of which there's a number of different strategies, uh, which we can dive into if you want, but that's uh, how I'd boil it down in a nutshell. That's a great way to start. And if I also am hearing you correctly, it sounds like you said the, the two things and another, it almost sounds like it breaks down into the book and the author have to be presentable to the reader. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much based off of perception. And so, as I mentioned, you have the cover, you have the reviews, you have the description, you have, uh, and again, this is, these are things that are universal now, so fiction right. or nonfiction. You can dive into more specifics for each genre, but for the most part, it's got to be enticing and then also congruent. And that's the point I was making before where you could have a good looking book cover, for instance, and I, I might hear some authors say, oh, I got a professionally designed book cover. This is a professional who did it. And I look at it and go, yeah, it looks good. It just doesn't stand out from all the other books in the genre, or it doesn't look like that genre of book. I'm confused. I can't tell what genre it is. So there's these, these little nuances that can be challenging, especially for a first time author but with enough experience or putting yourself really in the reader's shoes or the browser's shoes, you can start to get a sense of, oh, okay, how does my book quote unquote compete with all the other books that are out there? And I say quote unquote compete because on one hand, you're not necessarily competing against the similar authors. You can collaborate, you, you know, people will buy multiple books. And on the other hand, I do encourage this mindset, at least temporarily of going, okay, your book doesn't exist in, in a bubble, in isolation. It's not in a vacuum. So you could have a description that reads pretty well in a cover that's pretty good, but pretty good when there's maybe tens of thousands of other similar books might not be good enough. And that's the thing to consider. That sounds great. So when you talk, when we talk about the way that the author presents himself, how much does 
of an author's success depends on an existing platform, followers, their tribe, whatever you want to call it, is it absolutely necessary to have, say, tens of thousands of tribe members or more to find success? Well, obviously, the more an author has built up their tribe, the easier it's going to be, right? I mean, at this point, if, uh, you know, Stephen King releases a new book, he doesn't have to do much other than say, hey, got a new book and people, you know, they'll, they'll line up for it, you know? Uh, so, uh, or, you know, JK Rowling, if, if she had, you know, back like, oh, it's the next Harry Potter book, it's going to sell itself. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, certainly when an author has a big following that makes things easier at the same time, almost every author who is a big time author at one point started out without a following, without a tribe. So right. the question is, how did they start out? What did they do to get going? And for that, I would say you don't have to have tens of thousands because this is one of the big ways of marketing that I recommend is influencer marketing. So this is connecting with other authors. This is connecting with other people who do have a following, whether that's podcast hosts, you know, like yourself, you have a following, I get introduced to their following. And, you know, there's ways of doing collaborations where it's more about a few key relationships of people who can get you in front of their tribe. And that's oftentimes the way you start out when you're maybe don't have a lot of people who are following you yet. You go to other people who built that platform, get on their platform, and that's how you start to grow your platform. I love that. I love that. Another thing that I also hear a lot of authors say, a lot of my clients will say, well, I can't afford to be an author, meaning they believe that the reason that they could not find success is because they don't have all this extra money lying around to put into marketing for their books. Is there any truth to this line of thinking? Well, I'll say that when I published my first best-selling book, uh, I was a broke valet parker. I was sleeping on an air mattress. I could barely afford to pay the rent. I remember some months I would just basically look around and try to sell something to wow. pay the rent that month. Uh, so. I'm not saying I was living under a bridge. I'm not saying I was, you know, as, as quote unquote bad as maybe others have it. That's no, not but point. you know the what point. it's like a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have tons of cash. So on one hand, I could say, no, you don't need a lot of money. On the other hand, what I can say is what I did do is I still invested. So I still invested in training courses and mentorships and getting a book marketed and promoted like different promotion sites. And the way that I did that was I would, for instance, one thing, teach online guitar lessons on Fiverr. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a writer, you do need, practically speaking, some money for marketing, for editing, for cover design, for these things. So I don't think it's practical to go in with like $17 in your pocket and say, I'm going to start a business, right? right? You wouldn't start a McDonald's franchise. Uh, you need tens of thousands of dollars to right. start a business. So on one hand, yes, you need money. What I would say though is A, if you're creative, you might not need as much as you think, like influencers or relationships, that's free. Advertising and promotion, I recommend at least a few hundred dollars in editing and cover design and stuff. But I would go, how can I raise this money? And if you're an author, then the quicker path to cash is actually through services. So can you do ghostwriting? Can you do editing for people? I've had some people I've taught the audiobook creation process to, they go and record audiobooks for uh, other authors in, in narration. So that's just speaking in the, in the writing realm. If you also have another talent like I had for guitar playing, mm -hmm. can they do some of these other things on the side to raise some money to then invest in your business? So the 
Quick answer is yes, I would encourage having some money, but just because you don't have money doesn't mean you can't find uh, creative ways to generate money and maybe offer service trades and things like that. Very well put. I like how you talked about, you know, it is an investment. It's an investment in your dream, basically. On the Amazon description of your book, uh, it reads, could a hidden mistake be sabotaging your publishing success as an author? Without giving away all your nuggets of wisdom for free, can you give us a hint as to what that hidden mistake might be? Well, for the, so this is for the book, Why Authors Fail. Yes, and, I should have said that, yes. And, uh, it, it actually is okay to give it away for free because anyone listening, okay. you, can, you can get a free copy of it. I um, like free. You talk, okay. You can talk more about that. So it's not just going to be a pure tease uh, to sell okay. something, but I will sell you on hopefully reading the book, even though it's, uh, you can get a free copy. So That's the whole point. could a hidden mistake? Well, the question is raised and the idea is I, I narrow it down to 17 mistakes in the book, 17 primary mistakes. So I wouldn't say it's one. It's just the okay. idea that it could be different mistakes for different people. and I'll just say this, you know, one of the things, um, one of the mistakes, and I don't even necessarily know if I say this explicitly in the book, uh, but I, I kind of hint around at this idea of like what's good advice for one author might be bad advice for another author. If I were to think of an example for that, maybe like getting on television to talk about your book could be good advice for one author, but there's mm -hmm. actually many people who've done that who said, you know what, it didn't really result in mm -hmm. that many, many book sales, right? Mm -hmm. But depending on your long-term business goals, that might make sense to do. It might not make sense to do. For someone, I could just be spending a lot of money for travel and doing all this, and then they go, that ah, didn't really do anything for me, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an example, good advice for one person, bad advice for another and vice versa. And this is also to say then what might be a mistake for one author might not be a mistake for someone else or at a different point in time. So I'll give a real practical example of the writing process. As many creatives uh, have heard, as many authors and writers may be familiar with, there's this idea that when you're early on in the writing process, you don't want to edit yourself. You want to let the ideas flow out. You just like, you don't want to put the brakes on, just brain dump anything, you know, let your fingers type, let the ideas roll out. That's a really good approach early on in the process. That's not a good approach when you actually need to edit your book, right? At some point, you right. got to flip, you got to flip your thinking <laughs> and go, point, yes. okay, I want to be now a little more critical of what I wrote. I want to make it sound good. I want to polish it or whatever. And the point is like, you're not going to drive with the gas pedal and the brake pedal being pushed down at the same time. You know, mm -hmm. you, you got to know what's, what's right for one situation or the other. So all of this is to say, I know we're getting a, a little philosophical, but the whole I point of this, great. the whole point of setting this up is to say that, you can hear a lot of conflicting advice out there, right? This is why if you go and you search on forums or read message yeah. boards or Facebook groups or different books, this one author says they did this. This other author says something completely contradictory. Mm -hmm. This one author says they're go exclusive with Amazon. This other one says go wide. One person says give away free books. Another person says don't give away free books. People right. devalue it. Like, well, what do I do, right? And it can drive a person crazy unless they realize, okay, what might be good for one person might not be good for me. And this is where you got to either the, partly some critical thinking, partly some business savvy, and also probably having in many cases a coach or a mentor or someone who can work with you and personalize the advice and personalize the recommendations based off of you and your goals. Okay. Yeah, I like that too. So 
I think most of us are aware that just having a great story idea is not all it takes to become a successful author. But beyond creativity and having this wonderful, great idea, can you talk about what else an author might need to go along with that great story idea in order to find success with their writing? A great story idea is not going to be the most fun thing for some authors to hear, uh, just based on my <laughs> experience. The truth hurts, doesn't it? Is you're not an author who's marketing your story. You're a marketer who's got a book. You're a marketer who's got a, a story, right? You're a marketer first. That is as soon as you decide that you're in, in business, right. right? Or you're a business owner first, right? And so I know for myself, going to school for music, I, I'm like, I just want to write music. I don't care about the music business side. I don't like the business, the marketing. I want someone else to handle that. I just want to do the creative mm. fun stuff, right? All about the art. And so I can relate to that as, a, as an author. At the same time, what I found is it, first of all, just out of practical necessity, at some point, if you want to have business success, you got to think more like an entrepreneur who's got this product called a story, called a book that they're marketing. Uh, so that means the marketing mindset is is always in there. I'm thinking about how am I going to market this? How am I going to promote this even before I write a book? So it's just partly shifting the order of priorities and going, I got to market this. I can have the best story in the world, but if it's not marketed well, it's like, you know, the tree falling in the forest and no one hears it type of thing. Some people would hear that and they'll be happy. They'll go, great. I love marketing. Other people hear that and go, oh man, I really don't like to do marketing. I wish someone else could do it for me. In which case, maybe there's a way to do that. But for the most part, uh, I mean, there's certainly services and things that can help you market and promote your book, but I've never seen anything that completely removes the responsibility from the author to have some understanding of marketing some understanding of how to position yourself, some understanding of how to speak about your book in a way that gets people uh, excited. So that means learning marketing, going, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur. Again, if that's your goal, if your goal is to just do it as a hobby and you don't care about book sales, fine. Um, and I'm, I'm not also saying you got to write to market and not do any of your art or you got to like compromise on what you want to write about. What I'm saying is you got to find that balancing point, that harmony between what is it that I want to say? What is my story? And then also what does the market want and how do I position this in a way that's oriented towards what other people are asking for, what they're looking for and delivering that to them so that when they hear about your story, they go, Ooh, that sounds like something I want. That sounds like a story I want to read. What I found though for many authors is when you when you understand marketing, it's an extension of your creativity. It's an extension of your storytelling. Right. So for those who consider themselves storytellers, oh, I got a great story. Awesome. You're just going to tell an, another story, mm. which is the story of why your book is going to mm. be so great to read. Right. <laughs> and if, for anyone who's has a background in sales or heard about this, facts tell stories sell. So what I find interesting is some of the best marketing comes from storytelling. I just saw the previews. So there's the, uh, the new Top Gun movie coming out uh, next no year. No way, I haven't heard this. Yeah. And <sighs> so the movie, when Top Gun originally came out, this is a sales secret from the movie Top Gun. I think it was uh, you know, mid eighties. What happened is after the movie came out, there was a a big jump in people signing up for the Navy, right? You know, to be pilots, right? And it makes sense. I remember seeing the movie as a kid and thinking, I want to be a pilot. Like, I want to be a fighter pilot. pilot. 
<sighs> what is that? Well, they didn't have some sort of call to action at the end. Hey, enroll in the Navy. Hey, enroll in the Air Force or whatever. Like they didn't do that. They told a story. Mm-hmm. And then that story persuaded a number of people above and beyond normal to want to go like, oh, that's the, that's the life that I want, right? Which is not necessarily right. accurate to what it's actually like to be a pilot all the time. It's not always, you know, that much probably a lot of, you know, not fun things that you're doing as a pilot yeah. on occasion, <laughs> but they give you the glorified version of it. And right. so what's the point? Well, the point is stories sell. And if you're mm. a storyteller, you have the greatest, one of the greatest assets, the one of the greatest skill sets to be able to sell. Uh, so now you just got to, again, tell the story that sells your story. It's a little bit of a meta level, I guess, way of looking at it, but <laughs> that should be a, a confirmation that if you are uh, if you have a passion for storytelling, if you have a passion for, you know, writing and engaging people emotionally and hooking them in, you actually have the the main skill set that you need to sell, you know, virtually anything. I love it. I love that so much. That's a really good point. And I really love the Top Gun story, by the way, because that reminds me of being a kid, man. I had such a crush on Tom Cruise at that time, <laughs> which looking back now, well, anyway. Okay, finally, be honest with us. Can anyone truly become a successful author? That's a tough one, I it, know. But it would ask. be, you know, my answer is yes and no. Uh, the reason why it's going to be no is because I don't think it's necessarily about, you know, something that you're born with type of thing. At the same time, is it going to take perseverance? More than likely. Yeah. Is it going to take some work? Yeah. Is it going to take a certain mindset and attitude? Yes. Do I believe that almost anyone can develop that? For the most part, I think there's certainly, you know, uh, some exceptions, but for the most part, but will people actually mm-hmm. choose to persevere, to do the work, to, to invest the time and the energy? That is a very uh, good point. The answer is no, practically speaking, mm-hmm. no. So if you go, can it, like can hypothetically, yeah. uh, I would say most people, sure, everyone, no. Uh, will most people, no. Like practically speaking, most people will not. They will not, um, they'll, they'll self-sabotage, they'll procrastinate, they'll uh, do, you know, whatever it is. And Maybe it's not what's, what they need to do anyway. I'm not the type of person that says everyone has to become a successful author. If that's not yeah. the path in life for you, then it's okay. Like maybe you write stories as a, as a hobby or, mm-hmm. or you define what success is for you. That'll be the second part, which is, well, what is success? Success for me might be different than success for you, might be different than success for someone else. So you got to decide what success means to you and then figure out what you need to do to achieve success for yourself. I love that because, you you know, what you said, especially, you know, can they? Sure. Will they? Maybe not. (laughs) Because that's what I think, you know, self-sabotaging happens quite frequently. Um, But thank you so much for explaining all of this to us today, Derek. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. I think our listeners are really going to resonate with everything that you had to say. So thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christina. Thanks again, Derek, for joining me on today's episode and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. It's been an honor and a pleasure speaking with you. If you would like to work with Derek Depker, or if you just want to learn more about him, his books, and his mission to help authors, visit his website at www.derekdepker.com. On his homepage at the bottom, there's a box where my listeners can request a free first consultation with Derek. And don't forget to pick up a copy of his book, Why Authors Fail, on Amazon today. 
All links are in the show notes. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for listening to Write Your Best Book, Episode 3. Stay tuned for next week when I sit down with best-selling author Cambria Hebert when we discuss how to build your author brand. It's a crucial episode you won't want to miss. As Derek told us today, your brand is important to selling your books to readers. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you can be automatically notified when each episode drops. And if you like what we're doing so far, be a sweetie and rate this episode. I promise to continue providing you with the best information and advice I've gathered over the years, and I've lined up huge influencers in our little world, including best-selling authors, agents, and publishers. You subscribing and rating this show can make all the difference in how well we do and how long we stick around. And don't forget to visit our website at www.topshelfedits.com and email us at info at topshelfedits.com for more information on how to work with me directly and get on my limited schedule. Also, there's a link in the show notes to my calendar where you can schedule a 30-minute consultation to discuss your book struggles or anything you want to talk about with your writing process. Talk soon, and in the meantime, go write your best book.